Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Midday show. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hugh Douglas, Joe Gilly, you guys with us. 215-592-9494. Get you. We'll get back to all the conversation here. Jalen Hurts, is he the same guy we saw one year ago in the Super Bowl? And, of course, the Sixers, we await how the surgery goes for Joel. If he could play again this season, I don't believe this thing ends with a championship with Joel here. Hughes still believes. I believe. And we all believe in the Phillies entering here with major expectations. Patriots and catchers within the next couple weeks will be in Clearwater in late March. And maybe another star or two could be joining us and them there. Let's bring on Odyssey MLB insider Bob Nightingale. Insider call is presented by Beck. You all get access to data and insights the sportsbooks don't want you to see. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the Beckuel app or visit BeckQL.com today. Bob yesterday wrote in USA Today that several executives think the Phillies could be a sleeper for one of the remaining marquee free agents, Jordan Montgomery or Cody Bell. Let's talk to Bob about that. Bob, how you doing this today? Bob. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks, guys. So, Bob, why, why have the Phillies been so quiet up until this point? Well, I mean, they you know, spend the money, of course, getting Aaron Nola back. And I think kind of sitting tight. I mean, people are asking the same thing about the Giants, you know, and the Chicago Cubs. Everybody else has got money. They're just waiting for the, those price tags to drop on, uh, on, on you know, pretty much all those Boris clients because, uh, you know, no one has stepped forward yet. Just seeing who's going to make a stare-down contest, he'll blink first. Bob, let's go through the, the couple names you put out in your column yesterday. Let's start with uh, Cody Bellinger. Outfielder has played first base with the Cubs last year, of course, an MVP a few years ago, and he's still out there. Bob, if the Phillies were to get involved, do you think this would be a long-term deal or more of, hey, come to Philadelphia for a year or two, maybe an opt-out, have a big year, and then try free agency again? How do you think that would look if the Phillies were involved? I would think he would get a long-term contract you know, but, but with opt-outs. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's looking for over $200 million. No one's offered him that. So I don't see him signing a short-term contract. And obviously, you know, uh, people aren't sure who the real Cody Bellinger is. Is the guy who was a star last year, finished sixth or seventh in the MVP race, or the guy who struggled, you know, with injuries and stuff with the Dodgers the last two, three years. So, but still a great, you know, great outfielder, great goal club defense. So obviously, you know, put him in center field in uh, Philadelphia. And let the other guys, you know, be extra outfielders like like a Rojas. Do you think the fact that that Scott Boris is his agent, he has so many high power clients, that's kind of hurting Cody Bellinger's uh, market a little bit? Well, I just think the asking price. We'll see. I and mean, a lot of times, uh, you know, they're very patient and you know, sign guys in spring training. You know, I mean, don't look any further than uh, two years ago with Bryce Harper. I mean, he was a a March uh, a March signing. So you know that sort of thing. Uh, 
So, but yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of times, particularly if you have pitchers, it's like, okay, are you going to try to slot one guy here and save the other guy for a team that's more interesting than other clients? But in Bellinger's case, he's just, uh, you know, being, being an elite center fielder, you know, he's getting a market by himself. Bob, how about Jordan Montgomery, the starting pitcher you mentioned yesterday? And it's kind of interesting because the Phillies re-signed Nola, so they brought back their staff from last year. They have Christopher Sanchez slotted in as the fifth guy right now. Not much big depth, though, behind those guys. And they were in on the Yamamoto sweepstakes, which made me think, you know, if it's the right guy, they would be interested in spending another pitcher. How about Montgomery's market? It felt like maybe Texas, but for whatever reason, that hasn't happened. His return there has not happened yet. Yeah, keep waiting for Texas. And, uh, you know, he loved Texas. Texas loved him. Uh, they're having some problems with their uh, TV deal. Uh, normally, they're supposed to get $111 million. They're not going to get that. So as time has uh, dragged on here, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure if it's ever going to happen. Uh, obviously, Montgomery's a big-time pitcher, pitching the AL East. So it it'll certainly be, uh, you know, give the Phillies a lot of depth. You know, like you said, if they had 325 your mark for Yamamoto, you know, this guy will get about, you know, half that price. Bob, as you look forward to the season, you know, the last couple of years, the Phillies have had incredible playoff runs. NLCS last year, World Series the year before that. But in the regular season, they really haven't been on the Braves' level. It's like we go into the season kind of knowing wild card is probably where they're going to be. Do you think they need one more player to compete with the Braves? Because it looks like the Braves got even better this offseason than what they were last year. I do. I mean, I think they really could use a Montgomery. I think, uh, you know, Bellinger, uh, you know, would be kind of a, uh, a bonus type thing. You know, that way you don't have to rely on, on Rojas and Marsh and those type of guys. But I think Montgomery would really fortify that rotation and give them a fighting chance uh, to knock off Atlanta. So I think, you know, even with the moves that Dodgers made, I still think Atlanta's the class of the, of the NL. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, they've been bounced out the last couple of years uh, uh, in playoffs, so they're trying to board that just like the Dodgers are. Bob, you mentioned the TV deal. What's going on with Texas? It, it, that's hitting quite a few teams where the, the Bally Sports, the TV deal, you know, it went out. They went bankrupt. So these teams don't know if they're going to get the full money they're supposed to get. Do, do you think that's impacting free agency here? You know, some teams like the Yankees, let's say they have their own network. They're fine. But if you're part of that group, like the Rangers are, you know, you could be you know, without the money your, your ownership is expecting. Do you think that's impacting why free agency has been slow this year? I do, particularly with the uh, you know the mid market, small market clubs. You know, you know, it's hit Minnesota. You know, they haven't done much. You know, Cleveland uh, hasn't done anything. So it, it certainly affected those. Uh, but you know, Arizona's in that situation, and they actually spent money this winter to get their highest payroll. So I think a lot of reasons too is uh, the the slow market. Just a lot of the big teams haven't done anything. I mean, the Yankees, you know, they got Soto, but as far as free agency, really haven't done much outside Stroman. You know, Boston hasn't done anything. Uh, you know, the Cubs made, you know, one one little move. So, at, at some point, I think some of these teams will step up. I'm not sure about Boston, but, you know, certainly the Cubs have got, have got to do something. Bob Nightingale, Odyssey MLB Insider. Bob, last one for you. As we uh, we look forward to spring training a couple weeks, do you think the Phillies will add one more player of significance, whether it be Bellinger or Montgomery or anyone else? Do you think they'll add someone before we start this season between now and, let's say, the end of March? I do. I'm not sure it's going to be with the marquee guys, you know, whether, uh, you know, whether it's going to be, you know, Montgomery or a, or a Bellinger or, or someone like that. But I, but I do think they'll, they'll add. I, I just think a, uh, too much at stake here. Uh, you know, it's pretty much the same team a, a, as a year ago. I know, you know, they're relying, of course, on Harper being healthy and playing lights out of first base. But I, but I do think they'll make a move. I think, mean, you know, with the, uh, 
John Milton and Dave Dombrowski, they're just too aggressive to just kind of sit back and hope things fall in place. Yeah, that's the way I feel, too. Dombrowski's never this quiet. Usually something's brewing. Bob, we always appreciate hopping on. Have a good one, and I'm sure we'll catch up down the line. Thank you, Bob. Have a good one, Bob. Sure. All right, take care. Thanks, guys. There he goes. Odyssey MLB insider Bob Nigel. Insider call is presented by BetQL. BetQL here to help us all make better bets through real proven analytics. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Some interesting stuff there, Hugh, from Bob talking about Bellinger and Jordan Montgomery. He, he seems to think, and he said maybe not necessarily those two guys, but he seems to think they're going to get someone else before this thing starts. Yeah, just trying to wait till that price drop a little bit, man. I mean, you know, like you said, like, <laughs> having a high power, high powered lawyer or a high powered agent, you know, asking for that much money, you you do want to kind of, you know, wait and see what the market's going to bear before you start doling out that kind of bread. So it might be a little bit, of, it might be a little while before we get somebody, but we're probably going to get. Somebody. All right, let me ask you guys. Those are the two names he put out yesterday. He spoke about him here. If you could have one, who do you want? The starting pitcher or the bat in the outfield? Can never have enough starting pitching, but I would say in this situation, I would probably go with the bat because we don't know what Rojas is going to be. In that lineup. I, I love Bellinger. And then, look, Montgomery's – there's no wrong here, right? Add another pitch to the rotation. It pushes Sanchez to, like, the sixth starter or the bullpen, like a swing guy. Or you put a Bellinger in this lineup. I just keep looking at the lineup and saying they're one player short. They're good. They're probably a very good team. If you ask me right now, I'm probably going to just, like, close my eyes and say about 90 wins like last year mm-hmm. around that number. But I still think, Kyle, they're one player short from where we want them to be. So I agree. I'm not sure if it has to be Cody Bellinger, though. I I guess the way I'm looking at it is, like, the next step for building this team is to build it to last in the postseason. I think we all agree that we have a roster that can get us through the regular season Mm -hmm. some way, shape, or form, whether that's going to be winning the division. I don't know with the Braves there. But this team should make the playoffs. Then, at that point, it's about, what's my rotation look like in the postseason, and do we want Taiwan Walker to be the fourth guy I don't. I would go for Jordan Montgomery here so that we can push Walker down. And then maybe if you have uh, that that rotation set up that way, you can then flip a Christopher Sanchez and you can get a guy that fills the role that Bellinger would uh, as a bat in your lineup. So you don't necessarily need to be Bellinger, but I think I would prioritize adding that fourth arm just to carry us through the postseason. I, I want this team to be able to go win the World Series. And I think the best way to do that is by building on the rotation for the postseason. Yeah, Montgomery's a good pitcher. I mean, it's three straight years now of uh, an ERA worth less than four, and it's gotten better. It was 3-8, it's 3-4, it's 3-2 last year. Pitched well in the playoffs for the Texas Rangers. He's a good pitcher, 31 years old, a lefty. And it is also could be a little hedge here because Wheeler is a free agent after the season. I mean, they, I hope so they bring him back. but you talking about they're not going to bring him back Zach? Well, no, until he's re-signed, we don't yeah, know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. You're just you're covering all the bases. A little hedge. Yeah, yeah a little hedge. Okay. I, look, I would take either of them. If I had my choice, I, I would take Bellinger. But, boy, they're both really good. And I think the Phillies should to go after one of these guys right now before we start the season. 215-592-9494. All right, a lot to discuss here. We open the show with Joel Embiid. The injury news, the fact that he's going for surgery. What is it, a displaced flap? Is that what we're dealing with here? Yep, in his knee. A displaced flap, which sounds, a, meniscus. sounds like a very fancy way of saying meniscus no, it's tear. Just, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things. I've had a meniscus tear. It's just it, it throws your knee off. It makes it feel like tricky. Tricky knee. Can't play with a tricky knee. No, I can't play with a tricky knee. Man. Yeah, no, whatever no. we want to call it, it's a problem. And Joel Embiid is heading for surgery. And I'm at the point now where I, I do not believe they're going to win a championship with Joel. I, I'm resigned to the fact that we're going to go ringless with the Joel Embiid era. I'm not that, resigned. That's a shame, that. Joe, because you were so bullish on the winning of ring with Joel before this surgery. I know. It, it, now, now I've re- – well, I mean, here's what's what, – 
it's like every year you get a little bit less optimistic over yeah, it. Yeah, with right? all the, the with the injuries, the rash of injuries and everything. I mean, I get it, but I'm still bullish. I ain't You're been here bu- that long. bullish? Yeah, I'm a little bullish. Bullish is I ain't a strong been here word. That long. Yeah, and I think that with this coach, we can. It's a work. I call it a workaround. It's a workaround. Work around your best player. Yeah, I mean, you have him out there and have him playing well, but you, it's a workaround. I think you can work around this. Can we work around Jalen Hurts, or no? You need him to be great. No, you need. Uh, <laughs> See, I think the same thing with Embiid. We we need him to be great. <laughs> you know, work with a workaround with uh Jalen. No, it ain't no workaround. Yeah, I actually get easier to work that. around a quarterback than a star in the NBA. Well, yeah, because yeah, the numbers the numbers do not favor him. Well, they do not favor working around uh, Joel Embiid. I, I do understand. I that. know what you're saying. You, yeah, you gotta, want your guy Maxi. We got to figure it out. Maxi. I I was right on Maxi, and I feel like if we keep on this trajectory, I could be right again. I feel like that. Well, you hit, I mean, you. yeah, he's an all-star. He's a Everybody really good player. For all y'all that looked at me like I was crazy, how you like me now? Well, what are you saying now? They're going to win a title with this group? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to look at you like you're crazy. <laughs> crazy. All right, 215-592-9494. And, of course, Jalen Hurts. It's one year ago that he lit up the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. He was really, for 98% of that game, He was balling. Dynamite. He was that dude. He was that dude for 98%. He was that good last year. Is he still that guy? Is that guy still there? I need to see him play like that again. The biggest thing with me with, with uh, Jalen this season, it just physically it looked different. He looked hurt. He looked hurt. Yeah, he looked slow. I mean, why did he look slow? Was it the was it the knee? Was it years of just cumulative effect? I mean, it just he's just not the same athlete he was. I don't know, and, and I don't think we'll know till next year. I need to see it. Hugh still believes he's that guy deep down. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Back to the phones here. Doctor Carl is in Ardmore. Hey, Doctor Carl. Doctor Carl. Doc. Doc's got a call there. Oh. Hey, we get back to him. Roberts in Germantown. Hey, Robert. Hey guys, how you doing? Hey, today? Robert, what's up? Uh, good show. Uh, controversial a couple of years ago, and I'll say it again. I thought we should have traded Embiid. I really did think he'd be perennially injured, and he's too soft a player to get us the championship. Strong, I would have strong. had a package together a long time ago. Yeah, I would have too, Robert. And in fact, if I'm the Sixers, that when we get to this offseason and he's fully healthy after the surgery, I have to think about it again because we're just running into a brick wall here. He's not Moses Malone, guys. He's not Wilt. He's not Shaq. He's not going to take us to the promised land. It's not going to happen. Yeah, and unfortunately, if you don't realize that, it'll eventually it'll be too late, right? He'll be 35, and he won't have mm-hmm. any trade value, and then it's like, what did we just do? We just wasted 15 years here. Precisely. Precisely. Uh, on the Eagles, you know, I look at the Super Bowl last year, and I see a couple of quick differences that we have not learned from. First off, I've mentioned it before, our defense got killed last year. We didn't make the adjustments. We did not deal with the fact that people ate, could eat us up the middle, and they still can't. Unless we get a Ray Lewis or a Ray Nitschke yeah, or mean, somebody in the middle yeah, that can, that can cover and shut down. Yeah. Oh, Dick Butkus, I'll take you way back, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we need we need Lawrence Taylor. It's a pleasure seeing some of these guys. But we need an enforcer in the middle that you don't want to go in the middle. you got some guy there that can, can – you know, like I told you guys, I played safety – you know, I was a good hitting guy like Blankenship. You didn't want to come into the middle if I was there, unless you were a big fullback. Then I was scared. <laughs> the guy well, there's yeah, there's no fear. No, no, I mean, that Niners game, Robert, when they just ran across mm-hmm. the middle the entire game and caught mm-hmm. short passes and ran. Like it was their job. Yeah, like no fear at all. Yeah. None. And that did not get addressed. Second thing that did not get addressed that hurt Hurts tremendously in the second half was the lack of a power running back. 
you know, we just didn't have the ball control guy. Yeah, you know, we just we should have picked up Derrick Henry in the offseason. Somebody like that. Thirdly, I think Hurts prospered primarily in that game, not for the lack of a running back, not because Quiz Watkins kept dropping balls, but he had a great scheme. He had great coaching. Didn't have great coaching this year. Didn't have a good wide receiver backup depth. And and, and I, did he regress a little bit? Maybe. But I think it has more to do with, you know, with the system he was in, the coaching he was in, more than anything else. I've said that before. I'll say it again. You take Brock Purdy, he could very well win the Super Bowl. And they're paying him a couple of million bucks a year compared to Hurts. So I, I think it's more about the system guys and the defensive schemes and the personnel. I mean, Fondra can do everything he wants. If, he do, if we don't draft some studs in the middle, same old story next year. I don't care what scheme he comes It will up. be. No, they, they they clearly, Robert, and we appreciate it, need to improve the middle of the defense. There's no question. No, we got to get a linebacker. linebacker. We need to get a linebacker. We need to get somebody that's going to put fear in people. Well, not even just fear. Can they play? I mean, can they can they make a, make a play? I'm not sure if T.J. Edwards was a linebacker that put fear into people. He's no, pretty he good. He's a pretty good player, though. Yeah. Same thing with Kaiser White and – I guess Chauncey Gardner-Johnson had a little bit of that put some fear in people. You know, they got to know where he is on the field. They just had good players there a year ago, and this year they didn't have good players there. Well, one thing Robert said about Jalen that makes me wonder about the coaching, because we've blamed a lot of this on coaching, most mm-hmm. of it with Jalen. Yeah. I do wonder if their hands were tied a little behind their back because he couldn't run. There was something there. That that's what, Or, like some speculate whether or not, he was limited in some of the things that you could actually do yeah. because of, of, of Jalen's learning curve. I don't know. I mean, it, it's hard to say. It, it looks like some of the plays that he ran early in the season, he looked like he knew where to go with the football. But as the season progressed, it got worse. So it's kind of hard to say. It is. I, I just look at him like, all right, last year, why did he look so good in the Super Bowl? He was healthier, legs-wise, right? Yeah. His legs were fine. He had the shoulder issue. But also the defense just felt off balance last a year ago at all times. They didn't feel like they had anyone off balance. I, I wonder if part of it was teams realize he can't move. So if he can't move, we're not respecting the RPO. Let's just sit and play coverage. What is yeah. he going to do? Yeah, and then on the other side of the ball, it, it's you look at the way that the defense started out. Now, they weren't great, but they looked more competent. So now when you hear these reports about coast to side, losing the, losing the team and losing the locker room and everything, it's, it's all kind of weird. It's really, really weird. Yeah, well, the bottom line is, and we'll get to the decide stuff coming up in a little bit, that Jalen Hurts physically – and the way I viewed it, it didn't look like the same guy as he was a year ago. Can he get back there? Is he still that guy, Dr. Carl and Ardmore? Hey, Dr. Carl. Yeah, okay. Can you hear me now? Yes, we got you. We got you. Okay, I, I want, I'm coming to you from two perspectives. A diehard Philadelphia sports fan and an orthopedic surgeon, semi-retired, 50 years. Okay, well, I think I, we could use both these perspectives today, so I'm excited okay. to hear you. All right, so I want to speak qu- quick first towards uh, Embiid, and then I'd like to comment on uh, Hurts. Mm-hmm. As far as as far as far Embiid goes, and I'm going only what I read in the newspaper. I've not seen the MRI. I've not examined it. A flat tear is an easy operation. You, at this point, it's not repairable. It's not going to heal. You cut it out. And any orthopedist who's listening in has done this. Um, back, to, back to the field, uh, four to six weeks, I think it depends upon his aerobic capacity and things like that. The problem is, and that's for the future, he will develop some degree of arthritis down the road and how much that's going to be, no one knows. But the operation, as it's explained to me by the MRI and the sports page, not a big deal. They're going to say it's a success. So that's number one. Okay. Uh, I would not trade him. And I'm tired of people calling in who are tired of him falling down and getting hurt because he's a generational player. The player I'd like to see come in now and stay with us is Kelly Olenek. There have been players who we played against who you hate. 
you hate him, you despise him, mm. but you'd like to have him. And he fits that bill. He can hit the three. He's not a great center, but he could take over for a while when you beat rests on the bench. And I really think that would be a good pickup. I saw it in the sports page this today, and that's who I'd like to get. I like him too, uh, Carl, I, and I think he'd be attainable. I don't think it's going to cost Kelly a ton. Yeah. That's the Gazanga guy, right? Gazanga? Uh, Olenek, well, he was in Boston, okay. Miami. Where did right. Olenek play in college? And he was a pain in our you-know-what every time we played him. Every time we played him, he hit threes against us, and I hated him, but I'd love to have him here. Let me go to Hurts real quick. The thing I'm concerned about, and I have not seen this raised in the paper, nor have I heard it is, yes, his knee may be a problem, but his inability, at least this year, to see the open receiver, which we saw so many times when the camera was behind him, leads me to believe he needs a neurologic exam. He needs an MRI of his brain. He needs a neuro- neurologist to sit Whoa. with him and make sure there's no cognitive problem. Now, I'm not a conspiratist, and I'm not trying to start all kinds of crap in Philadelphia, but I'm concerned about that as much as I am about his knee. And I'll either hang up or stay on, whatever you want me to so do. So you don't think he can he can see things as quickly as he needs to, basically? Do, do you? Well, Hugh, I think you've commented. Do you think he's seeing things as quickly as he did? There's a disconnect somewhere. I don't know if it's cognitive or not, but there is a disconnect. Okay. Well, you know, Carl, that's a good phone call, an interesting one, and we appreciate it. So, you know, that – actually, I, I, I was surprised by Dr. Carl there. I thought just – when I picked up the phone, I thought he'd be more worried about – MRIs and what a scan would show on Embiid mm-hmm. not hurts. It was the opposite. Yeah, that he thinks kind of... the Embiid thing's a quick fix. We get him in, get him out, and he's worried about Jalen cognitively. It is like six to eight weeks. That's that's about the norm, you know. And, and far as the arthritis thing is concerned, I mean, I can I can attest to that because I like I said, I had a meniscus, so I went to QC Kinetics and got that thing right. And now shameless, look at you, shameless shameless plug, shameless plug. But yeah, that that's what it was basically. But as far as Jalen and this this whole cognitive things, I I don't know. I don't know. That's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I do, I do know this. He, he has not solved the blitz in four years in the NFL. Yeah, he regressed. Yeah, well, I mean, he's he never, he's never, he never really saw solved it. it. Yeah, he's just never <laughs> solved it. it. Yeah, I, I, it's always a thing where you say someone's not smart enough to do something. It feels like you're whole, you're you're putting a ceiling on them. I, I don't know if it's an it, his lack of ability to do it. He just hasn't done it yet. I don't know why. Is it the coaching? Is it him? You got to make them pay. When they blitz you like that, the one thing that I remember about, because we blitz quite a bit, but boy, when, when teams made us pay, we stopped blitzing. One thing I wonder about with, with co- mobile quarterbacks, like Lamar struggled a lot of his career against the Blitz. This year was pretty good, but then in the playoffs he was not. I wonder if it's they never have to learn. Like I mean, mobile quarterbacks, right? You never really feel like you have to have all the answers because you just run away from the problem. When, and then when your legs go, you can't run away from the pressure anymore. I just wonder if he's never really developed, I got to read it quickly because I can't get away. Because he's yeah. always got away, that, Jalen. That's why I, I felt so strongly about his maturation as a quarterback from the pocket because you're going to need that. There's always the threat. Like as a, as a former defender, there's always the threat that he's going to run. And sometimes it's, it's better when you when you only run when you absolutely have to because – is at the absolute worst times that quarterbacks take off. I mm-hmm. go back to that game against the, the uh, Detroit Lions and the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, Purdy. Oh, when he, oh, my gosh, when he took off, you just Broke knew. their back. <laughs> it was one of oh, he gone. It's a wrap. It's the baby. Yeah, that's what it does for you. When you take off, when you – like, your presence in the pocket is very, very important. If you can work on that and hone those skills – I think the running becomes secondary. But, but never forget it because, man, I'm telling you, when you take off and run – and those key opportunities when you absolutely have to and break a team's back, it 
it's hard to come back from that. Yeah, it's demoralizing. I mean, if, if it, it won that game for the Niners a couple weeks ago, 215-592-9494. That's the, hop, the number to hop in. No more guests today. Your phone calls. Are you giving up hope that the Sixers will win a championship ever? Not just this year with Embiid. I am. I, I don't think it's going to happen here. And Jalen Hurts, one year ago, went shot for shot with Mahomes. Is he still that guy? Physically, he did not look like it this year. Get in out your thoughts. Plus, the Phillies connected some big names. Bellinger, Montgomery, which one? If you could pick one of those two, what do you want? I think they'd both help in a stiff way. I would choose Bellinger. Plus, some interesting audio from inside the Birds podcast about what happened with Sean Desai and some of the veterans in this locker room. You're going to want to hear it next, right here on the Midday Show. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. It is a midday show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Gillio, 215-592-9494. Kyle Quinn behind the glass. You guys with us here on a Monday. Super Bowl week has arrived. 49ers Chiefs Sunday. What's your what's your gut feeling right now, Hugh? Yeah, city. I'm going with Big Red, man. You know I can't run. Yeah, I know. I'm leaning towards San Francisco. We got we'll get a lot into the game. You mean as the, the team that beat us up and exposed us. Hell's no. Yeah, but who does that have to who wins Sunday? No, because I don't want them to win. Well, I don't want them to win either. I'm saying who do you think is going to win? Kansas I, City. Okay, I I want Kansas City too. I think I San Francisco oh, right now. All right, we'll get to all that. A lot of Super Bowl stuff discussed, including Andy Reid stuff, as the week goes on. Today we open, of course, with Joel Embiid and the news he's heading for surgery on his meniscus. It's a flap, displaced flap, which I never thought I'd say flap so much in a show, but here we are. It's a hard F. It's a flap. flap. It's a flap. (laughs) And uh, and this Joel Embiid era, unfortunately, is going to end with a flop. I don't think this is going to end with a championship. Flap going with a flop? Yeah, a flap to a flop. He's a great player. I don't believe he's a championship player. I don't think it ends with one. And I'm resigned to it. You know, I've I've kind of been going down this path for a few years. Where if you press you just, me, you're just tired. You're sick and tired of being sick. And tired. I just am resigned to it. Like eventually, you got to see reality, and I see the reality of great player, but he's going to go down as more of a Carmelo Anthony, Dominique Wilkins kind of guy. Where great, but he's not getting to a finals. Not 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 as a lead player. You took a shot at Neek too. Well, what was what is Neek? Neek came out of the second round. Neek got a. 
He got a statue in Atlanta. And we could put a statue for Joel here. He scored 70 points in a game on an MVP. <laughs> this is so hard. I'm just, like that, some players, every era has these players. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. I cannot argue that. But I, I don't think the book is closed for him. I just think we need to move the needle just a tad. Yeah, well, but haven't we seen the best of Joel Embiid? He's going to be thirty next month. Yeah, and you start to you start to worry about getting to that plateau, and then starting to you know come down the other side of that hill. I get it, and, and like I said, having that meniscus arthritis is a real thing. It really, really is a real thing. Unfortunately, that could be a lifelong thing for him. You know, yeah. as he goes through, because this is the second time on this same knee he's had an issue. So, look, I hope for the best for Joel. I hope it's the smallest part part of this where he's back in you know four to six weeks, and we can rev it up and hope in the playoffs. But I don't believe this ends in a, in a championship with his air in Philadelphia. And, of course, Jalen Hurts as well. One year ago, unbelievable in the Super Bowl. He was phenomenal. Outside of one play, he played as good of a football game as you could play last year in the Super Bowl. Is he still that guy? Physically, he didn't look like that guy to me this season. 215-592-9494. We'll let you hear in a couple minutes what was said about Sean Desai and what happened with this defense this year as well. Terrence in North Philly. Hey, Terrence. Joe, first of all, Hugh – it's a blessing to be on the line with you. First time talking to you. One of my favorite Eagles of all time. Appreciate man. you, man. Appreciate you listening. Really, really. Um, Joe, uh, I- I'm beefing with you right now. Okay, what I do? I, before you and go on, I always love when call. I, I, I always love when calls start like this. Like, hold on, Hugh, love you. Now, Joe, let me give you a piece of my mind. See, Terrence, see for I'm me, be- it's I'm beefing with you. I'm yeah. beefing just a little bit. All right, let me hear. But for the last few weeks, I've been hearing this nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes statistically has had the same year. I don't I give a Patrick, shit. I think, I think Patrick Mahomes might have threw one less interception, 300 more yards, and maybe 3% higher QBR. But, yeah, he's still the second coming of Christ, but can Jalen Hurts do it? I, I, the way the narrative is crazy to me, why can't a man just have a down year? The difference between the Chiefs and the Eagles this year was the defense and the coaching. If, even if you look at the scores and the games of the Chiefs, game, they barely won. They got smoked by teams they sit in the lawsuit. They, they pretty much had the same year, but the defense and the coaching prevailed. All right, let me give you a response, Terrence. And I think a player can have a down year, and let's hope that this is Jalen's down year. But, Terrence, the difference between him and Mahomes is Mahomes has been doing it at a super level for six years, AFC title game every year, back to another Super Bowl. Meanwhile, Terrence, Jalen's had one great year, just one. Jalen don't have six years. Right, but he's got got three. But, Terrence, Terrence, he has three, and only one was great. Two okay, one great. All right, and, and, and Patrick Mahomes been with the same coach, the same scheme his entire career. But they got rid of his offensive coordinator, and he's in the Super Bowl. Man, man as long as Andy Reid is a coach, that is Andy Reid's offense, bro. Yeah, but Ter- on, but, Ter- but Terrence, real, hold on. We, we can't be, be t- Terrence. We could be realistic. Jalen's not in the same class as Mahomes. I'm not saying he is. What I'm saying is they had the same exact year. Yet we're saying that Jalen needs to be sick, but Patrick Mahomes is the second well, coming. Well, but you're, you're leaving something out. Once the playoffs started, Hurts yeah, scored did. nine points. Mahomes yeah. is in the Super Bowl. But the yeah, difference no, was in the offense. The difference was in the defense and the coaching. Uh, Terrence, the Terrence, hold on. Two things. One, if the Eagles had lost a shootout in the postseason, I'd be all right. Jalen played well, but they couldn't stop anybody. They scored nine points. Mahomes hasn't scored nine points these playoff games. They're scoring enough to win, and also. His best receiver is Rasheed Rice. We have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Yeah, much better. 
much better receivers. Listen, it, listen, it has nothing to do with who's the better receiver or none of that. It, like it said, football is a team sport, correct? So why everything fall on Jalen, but it don't it, like like everything is falling on Jalen. He's the quarterback. One bad year. Why? Why have a panic attack after one bad year? When when you look at the numbers, Patrick Mahomes had the same. Yeah, that's the only point that I'm making. He had the same year, but we falling apart over Jalen. I don't think we're falling apart, Terrence. I think we're trying to figure out that's what happened. What it no, like. I don't think anyone's saying, falling Jaylen apart. Jalen needs to be fixed. He needs to be fixed. Well, okay. Do, do you think? Do, do you think they could win if he plays like he did this year? Like, I mean, win a Super Bowl. I, if, if, I the defense, if, if, if the defense played like they played last year mm. and the coaching was like it was last year, we could have been a lot further when it, than we were this uh, year. Yeah, a, lot, a little bit further. Yeah, they kind of won a playoff game. Terrence, it's a good phone call. I, I don't think they're winning a Super Bowl if Jalen plays like he did this year. He plays like he did last year. Yes. No, and, and the numbers, like, I, I understand where you're going with the numbers, but this team had an epic collapse towards the end of the season. And – Patrick Mahomes and his team surged towards the end of the season. That's what I understand. Like numbers, you can have numbers make make numbers say whatever you wanted to say. But I think in this situation, you have to look at the eye test, man. And the eye test showed us that there was this team was flawed towards the end. I think numbers can be spun to to make your point. I mean, I I think we all do it at times. But I'm just looking right now at passer rating. If we just want to use passer rating, do you know how to better passer rating than Patrick Mahomes this year? Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson stinks now. He was benched. It's it's over. Like he'll never be that good again. He just he dumps it off for seven yards, and that's that's his big play. He's not a good quarterback anymore. That's why Sean Payton gave up on him. I Hugh, I could tell you Russell Wilson had a higher passer than Patrick Mahomes. Who cares? He's not in the same league as Patrick Mahomes. It's it, like we could do this with numbers all the time. Yeah, and 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 that's the unfortunate thing about it. But the bottom line is this: something went wrong with this Eagles football team, and it started with the quarterback. And we need to figure out how to fix it. We need to fix him because the ultimate goal is bottom line. We, we should have been in the playoffs. And we should have went a lot deeper. We were in the playoffs, but we should have went a lot deeper than we went. So that all being said, and I, I did have a little fun debate with him there. I do think we have, we have focused a lot on Jalen and the offense as the biggest problem because we're worried about that because mm-hmm. it needs to be great. The biggest reason the Eagles weren't very good this year is their defense. Yeah, their defense was high. Probably. It was awful. I mean, it, it was the... On the stretch of the season, it was one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Like that's in terms of fixing, they need to fix the defense. They need to get Hurts back to the level we saw a year ago. That's that's what they need to do. But in terms of fixing, yeah, they need to fix the defense more. I I might agree with Terrence Lee on that part. Lou in Delco. Hey Lou. Hey, how you doing? What's up, Lou? Well, listen, man, I just spent, I don't know, an hour and some on hold, and I'm just a little like, ooh, <laughs> I got something to say. What you got to What say, do you man? got for us, Lou? All right. First of all, <laughs> Joe, Luke. have you ever played competitive sports? Yeah, I mean, Lou, it's been a while. Like I'm in my late 30s now, so like it's this. it's been a while. But yes, I played high school like this sports. Might be a personal attack. An alpha and a competitor. <laughs> I, I miss that. Who's who's an alpha? Are you an alpha and a competitor? I'm right? a competitor. Lou, I, I don't know. If you look at me, I'm not an alpha. No, I, I I wouldn't go around calling myself an alpha. Am I a competitor? Yeah, I think so. We all are. Okay, so what happens on Sundays? They all compete mm-hmm. on the biggest of fields. It's entertainment, is it not? Right? Of course it is. So what does that have to do with Jalen? Okay, so can Jalen Hurts do it? Obviously, I'm trying to protect him. He, he can. He absolutely can. 
He is, in my opinion, no marvelous. All right, I saw a marvelous do something I've never seen, and that was catch his own pass. That was like <laughs> eye-opening to me as someone who has played organized competitive football. Competitive. Right? On what is team. wrong with him? What? <laughs> I was asking a question. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to understand your point. So All he- right, my, the point. The point is, is. That yes, Jalen Hurts, he can still do it. He was hurt, I think. I think, I see, I thought he was hurt. Right? I, Lou, I agree. I did too. And I think he was. And he I, was. So right. here, here's what I think we can agree on. Let, uh, let's hope that that's why he looked so much different. Because then the idea yeah. would be he heals and then yeah. he can move better next year. Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, he was hurt. All right. Why did he take the plane ride alone to. I'm not trying to ask questions and stand in. And, you know what I mean? I'm just I'm like, so if that's a question, that's a little suspicious. I agree. I totally agree with that. Hugh, that's the point. Why did he not travel with the team? He was only sick. Because he was right? sick. They didn't want to get yeah. everybody else sick. Yeah. Well, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But we're only left here to, to ask the questions, right? <laughs> well, that's what we do. Try to figure it out. Lou, we appreciate it. Lou's just he's asking just, questions. He's just talking to the Joker. A little laughing you know? at the end of everything. Yeah. That's a little different. Ooh, that's a little different. So are any of us going to get our own plane when we go to Clearwater? Ooh, you almost beat me. Uh, I'm just asking. <laughs> as long as we're asking questions. <laughs> Heck no. No? Heck no. Oh, okay. That's not going to happen. I just, I'm, again, we were at, John just wants to ask questions. I asked some questions back. Anyone's getting their own plane. Maybe Kyle de- demands his own plane down to Clearwater. I don't know what goes on around here. that make me less relatable? That's right. I think we're all just happy to be going to Clearwater. Like, you know what I mean, as a crew. Oh, of course, and I'd be happier if Cody Bellinger or Jordan Montgomery's there when we get probably there. Won't have, probably won't be there when we get there, Joe, but it, it's wishful thinking. Why not? You don't think they're going to get anybody? No, I don't think they're going to they're gonna be in training camp. I think it's probably going to be a little bit later on. But we're going later on. We're going March oh, yeah, 20th. Yeah, March is kind of late. Yeah, March yeah. yeah, Yeah, at the end of March. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think yeah. this, you know, I actually the baseball season starts when we're in Clearwater. There's two, I think the Dodgers and Padres open somewhere in Korea or Japan, like really early. So, yeah, I... I want one of those guys to be there when we're there. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I forgot. What I need was. another player for the Phillies. That's my objective. For I agree. Month. I can't. I can't run this thing back. Like I, I'm about ready to poke well, Dombrowski with a stick. See yeah, if second, a pulse. Like I, I think the thing that we have going for us, we did knock off the best team in the division twice back to back. But you can't depend on that every year. I agree with you. I would you like. Depend on that. You know what I want to do? I want to walk into the season, and I think if they add a Bellinger or a Montgomery, we can talk and maybe they'll still be underdogs but we can have a conversation like they could win this division i'd like to have that conversation in march when was the last time we had a conversation you know what i think the Phillies are going to win the division and, and like say it with your chest well we said it last year mean it, yeah but what or our chest no well i think a lot of us did say like thinking about the way that we ended from whatever it was june on they, the, we stacked them up against teams like the Dodgers, the Braves, yeah. their winning percentage. And we were like, no, we're one of those teams. We thought we were one of those I teams. I guess it ended fast in April. Yeah, that's they right. They got so far behind. Exactly. Like, I think everybody actually said it with their chest, but then about a, like a month in, yeah. it was like, oh, that yeah, was probably. Because the Braves was on a little bit of a roll. Yeah. Well, and the Phillies always seemingly get off to these slow starts. And look, that that's maybe a product of other things. I just, I think they need one more guy. And I was excited when I heard Bob Nightingale say, you know, Montgomery and Bellinger, they could get those guys. Rob and Delka, what's up, Rob? Joe, you, what's up, boy? What's up, man? Hey, Rob. Hey, listen, Joe, I'm going to try to hit you. I'm going to try to hit these three teams real fast. Let me start with the the birds, okay? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. We said Jalen looked a little slow this year, right? What the hell is he doing in a Pro Bowl doing a toss back for the CD Lamb, and he's running out for a freaking pattern and landed on his shoulder? 
What's he running for like that, Joe? I don't know. Rob, two things from the Pro Bowl. One, I was glad to see he had a smile on his face because we didn't see that all year. So he can smile. That is good to see. But, yeah, I, I wonder the same thing. Like, if he's banged up, why why did he go down there and play? If he doesn't, he's running that goofy pattern where he tossed back from City Lamb and he's running out wide and he lands on the shoulder and he's laughing. I'm like, first of all, if you're hurt, why are you even doing that type of play? In the Pro Bowl, flag football, whatever they're playing, you know, and I saw that on Sportsnet Central. I wouldn't watch that and waste my time. But I'm thinking, why is he doing that? And I'm like, Jalen, try to smile a little bit during the games and encourage your boys. You know what I mean? Show a little personality. And that accuracy thing? He was terrible during that. Yeah, not great. It wasn't. It was, did you see Dan Orlovsky uh, was better than him? Orlovsky with a shirt and tie on was better in the uh, the skills yeah. thing. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, brutal, brutal. Okay, now now let me get to the Phil's real fast for the and with the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on me, Joe. I want Bellinger if they're dependent. If they're promising me one of these young pitchers, not the guy who just got hurt. But they have other young pitchers. Are they going to bring up a young pitcher? Oh, like a Mick Abel? Yeah. He'd probably be the closest one if if any of them make it this year. Okay, so if they bring up him, then get me Bellinger. If they don't bring up any of these young guys, what, are they going to wait until they're 25 until they bring him up, by the way? Anyway, you know, if they don't bring him up, then get me Bellinger. If they do bring him up, you know, I'm sorry, if they do bring up one of these young pitchers, get me Bellinger. If they don't, then get me Jordan Montgomery. That's my view on the Phils. It all depends on what they're doing with these young pitchers. If anybody's ready to come up. Now, Kyle, if you can have him queued up for me, I'm going to come after Daryl Morey a little bit. Okay, okay let's hear it. You know, you know how I feel about Daryl Morey, mm. you know what I mean? Joe, you know who I want? Trade these first-round picks. You know what I want? I want the guy we had on draft night for about 20 minutes, and then dopey us trade him away. Get me Mikael Bridges. Give up whatever you got to get. I don't even know if we have enough, Joe. If we do, I want him. That's who I got. Well, yeah, that would change things, Rob. Yeah, I, I doubt the Nets would be, you know, willing to trade him. But if they were, yeah, let, let's. I mean, that's that's friend. the guy. I just don't trust. I just don't trust Maury because, like I said, you know how I feel about already from with the drop board. You know what I mean? But the thing is, you trust him, Joe, because I don't trust. I don't trust him as much. I trust him as much as I trust MB. And I'm done with him, Hugh. I'm done with MB. Yeah, I, I can see it, that. I can definitely. It's Groundhog see that. Day, Joe. What are we going to do? You're going to say, we're going to look back. I'm, gonna, I'm 50 now. I want to be 60. I'm going to be like, I waited 15 years from 35 to 50. I'm watching MB get bounced in the second round, get hurt every year, get sick, whatever it is, Joe. I mean, let's cut bait, Joe. And I know the call before that, I think it was the doctor called it. I'm tired of people saying they want to trade Joel. I'm going to start it, Joe. I'm going to start the, the campaign. Let's trade him now after he gets healthy, get what we can, sign a big free agent. And we could build a team that way because it's just Groundhog Day. Rob, it is. I, I, look, son, I'm I'm on that train. And when this offseason comes, that I I would explore trading Joel Embiid. I would. I'm not there yet. I am not there. But if you're I don't not there yet, you you could never get there. Because, no, because this is probably it. Well, he, if he declines in two years, you know, that whenever that day comes, then you get nothing back. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Uh, this is probably it. And and I think that if there was an opportunity to trade him, his trade value might be hurt with this this current knee injury. So yeah, I mean it's one of those things. I I, I don't, I'm not in this in the uh, camp of trading him anyway, but I think if you were in that camp, that this one kind of makes some damage goods. Well, it just pushes it over the top. All right, let's. Uh, what went on with the Eagles' defense this year? A lot, unfortunately, and we had a defensive coordinator switch here in December, and we've been wondering like what 
well, how bad was it with Sean Desai that they went to Matt Patricia? When, like when Matt Patricia's the upgrade, things must have gone in a weird direction. We heard those stories about Kevin Byer trying to take over the meetings and they were doing the scouting reports. Well, this from the Inside the Birds podcast. Listen to this about the feeling in that building about Sean Desai. His inability to connect with these veteran players, we were told it's mostly veterans based on the agents we talked to this week, yes. four or five of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they just could not connect. That would you say they tune them out? Is that fair? In fact, well, I'll tell you this: one uh, agent who represents one of the veterans on the team said that that the player stopped talking. Like he just could not talk to Sean Desai. That there, that's how big the gap between them had got. He just don't want nothing to do with it. So that just shows you. So I, that's why I think we heard it most from veterans. Veterans have already set the standard. There, standard is the standard. And then when they have somebody new come in. And that person is unbending and says, you're going to run my scheme, whether you like this or not. And I'm not saying he said it that way, but that was sort of the vibe that I got. It was like my way. We're doing it this way. And uh, your concerns are not really going to impact how we're going to do things. Here, what's your thought on what you just heard there? That's how most coaches do it when you're coming into a losing team. I mean, that that's, that's a fact. But it kind of plays into what I thought was the problem like you're trying to get some of these vets to do certain things they're already setting their ways and they're coming off a Super Bowl that's kind of a hard sell coming from a young guy not saying that it's right or wrong that's just how the league is going now we were talking about stories about how the players are starting to move towards like NBA and getting people fired and everything for this guy to come in and be be the the defensive coordinator and as a veteran you tune him out a lot of veterans on the squad too that's that's telling that is telling. Uh, that's why it's going to be interesting when Vic Fangio comes in because now you're coming off a losing season. Well, not a losing well, season. Well, the end, but, it uh, felt like that, yeah. Uh, but you're coming off of a disappointing season. It's going to be interesting to see how many of these veterans will still be in this locker room and have a voice on that defensive side of the ball because you're talking about coming here. Like, th- there needs to be a culture change. And some people, when you're a little bit old, you're not you're – not, really cool with having a culture change. So it's going to be interesting how many of these old cats are still on this squad. I agree with that. And I also, you know what I heard there? And it reminded me of when we heard Sidney Brown talk about how the Cardinals are the worst team in the NFL. When Dallas Goddard came on our show and talked about how they thought they could kind of coast to wins at the end of the season. It feels like the, a total lack of accountability by the players. Yeah. Like it was does, his fault. Yeah. So we just stopped talking. Uh, you know what? You don't know what you're doing. I, I'm not buying into what you're selling. I mean, that happens. I, but here's why it looks bad on the players. They got the side out of there, and the defense got worse. Yeah, So you blamed him, and you said he didn't know what he was doing. Okay, we got him fired or removed or whatever, demoted. And then you guys stunk anyway. It, it feels like a total lack of accountability. Like they couldn't realize maybe they were the problem. Yeah, but that's what happens when you've, you have – veterans that have had the success that they had i'm not mad at at i'm not calling out any names but when you say veterans the guys that come to mind well, on yeah. the side is bg and fletch they've been here long and and there are Sl- two Slay, of the most accomplished, yes, older guys oh accomplished guys so there has to be when when a new coach comes in you have to be a little bit you know flexible to what they're trying to implement especially with the young guys but like i said it's obvious that when you start having guys that what Bayer just got here and start talking about we we did our own assignments and everything, <laughs> yeah, that that that's kind of telling. If I'm Howie, I, I seriously consider turning over this roster this season, not just putting a band aid on it, 
turn this thing over. Flip it. Because that that's, to me, damning, that if these veterans think, like, ah, we don't got to listen to this guy. It's probably going to happen. Because it, it all depends on what coach Fangio wants to do when he gets here. There's going to be at least, to, in my opinion, six to eight young guys that are starting on defense. Now, that, that might Woo. be a little bit – I might be a little bit lofty in my, in my assessment. Lot. Yeah, I might be. But still, there's going to be some turnover. And there's going to be some OGs that aren't going to be here because they're not going to buy into the system. That's the main thing I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. You got to have vets that buy into what you're selling. And there's probably a lot of vets on here that won't do that. So they have to go. Are you saying flip, flip this thing? Flip it. Why? We just heard him say why. Why? Why should that shouldn't be in anybody's vocabulary? Sure, right now. No, no, it shouldn't. That, there's, We're going to keep running it back with no, the old guys who don't want to listen. No, hold on a second. Well, I'm, I'm, okay, you're talking about flipping, just moving on from the old guys. I thought you meant like well, the, taking so, a sledgehammer to the roster. Well, I, here, here's what I think off of what we just heard with the Desai thing. Veterans on the defense just totally tuned him out and didn't talk to him. Yeah, that ain't cool. That's it's a, a lack of accountability in that room. Yeah, like they right. don't think they have to listen to a coach. Get, then we're going to move on to new players okay. who will listen. So. Oh, okay, I I get what you're saying. I thought you meant like that should be a reason to to like start over, or rebuild, blow this roster. Not up? rebuild. Okay. No, they they got too much well, to you rebuild. Got, you got a couple guys that are a little bit longer in the tooth. Like BG wants another year. Yeah. <clears throat> like okay. I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't. And and I think Fletch. Between the two, I think Fletch has a better chance of probably picking up on a roster than BG. Big picture, I'm not into retirement tours. If, if that's what if that's some of these guys want to do, that sounds like a shot. No, it's not. It's not. It's, it's just it's, being realistic. No, I, they got to they got to put good players on the roster. I'm in with that. Yeah, yeah like, I can, just uh, I, I can't. I can't get behind like starting over or whatever. With uh, I mean, this roster is loaded with young players. Like this is a core to build around. Two one five five nine two ninety four nine four NFC East news to discuss over the weekend. Someone's embarrassed. Ben Johnson's reasoning for turning down the Commanders. And are the Niners making excuses already? Oh, it's Super Bowl week. We have some audio from Adam Schefter to share with you. That's next. Your calls on Embiid, Hurts, the Phillies on the Midday Show. Sports Radio 94. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.